Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls to get access to all of our bonus content, including our current Booby serials, Stay Close, which I heard your mom is now reading the book. Yes. Now that you've completed it. (laughs) Yes. I finished it on the plane the other day, Um, but she watched like three just random episodes with me. So she's completely lost and has no idea what's happening perfect what a great way to start the book you know it's fine uh this week on the regular podcast we are covering no country for old men yes um sorry i just had to mention this before so you know my favorite podcast that i listen to true crime obsessed Mm -hmm. i listened to their um real life gone girl episode okay and it's so funny because they make so many references about the book and the movie and about how the book is different from the movie and blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. Are they trying so. to creep into our line of work? I or? Sure hope not. <laughs> they will put us out of business. For sure. <laughs> but no, it's just really funny. So if you need something to listen to, it was a good episode. Good to, to know. To good to, to know. What are you uh, naming this episode? Um, I had something and then I totally forgot what it was. Do you not write these things down? No. no <laughs> your notes are always so good though. I know. You got any suggestions? Um call it call it all right <laughs> i got it. i like that one okay flip of the coin so the book was originally published july 19 2005 and it's written by cormac mccarthy whose um legal name is charles joseph mccarthy jr where did carmack's cormac <laughs> i don't know maybe it's a nickname that people call him no that's definitely a stage name he came up with well i don't know why don't you ask him um it the book has a goodreads rating of 4.1 out of 5 and it's 309 pages oh and the movie came out in 2007 so right you know after the book came out and uh it's on hbo max right now so mm-hmm, if you want to mm-hmm. watch it it's there it's rated r it's a crime drama thriller and it's two hours and two minutes long and it's directed and screen written by the cohen brothers ethan and joel cohen who we have covered um their title true grit no uh no western genre i feel like it's no. somewhat of a western no, this is not a Western movie. Why would it be a Western I movie? Know, guns and stuff. No, because it has cowboy boots and guns. No, no, it's like in the eighties. It was. It was literally set in the eighties. That's true. I'm okay. Just it's disregard no my country Western. <laughs> Uh, So the IMDb synopsis reads, violence and mayhem ensue after a hunter stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong and more than $2 million in cash near the Rio Grande. This this book confused me. (laughs) So some interesting facts that might actually help with the confusion factor because I I wasn't so much confused. I was just like, why is the writing so simple? Yeah. Um, The reason is because Cormac McCarthy actually wrote it as a screenplay. Okay, first. that makes a lot more sense. So he had the intention of like making this a movie right from the get go. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a little bit more kind of simple writing, not so much involved. Yeah. Plus, one of my absolute biggest gripes with this book, the fact that it has zero quotation marks. I saw that on your on your um, bookstagram page. I d- I'm I'm a stickler for grammar. Like I, I need it to be I need there to be quotation marks. So I I the first half of the book, I read it. And listened to it mm-hmm. at the same time. 
and I was following along pretty well. And, but still it's, it's hard because it, it flows between who's talking. Yeah. It's a different narrative narrator at different parts. And, um, I just ran out of time. So I needed to, I listened, just listened to it while I was working out mm-hmm. and got completely lost Ooh. because I couldn't figure out who was talking. Right. So you're going to have to, the second part got a little blurry for me because <laughs> okay. I just listened to it and I struggled. I struggled with who. Yeah. The heck I did talking. the opposite. I kind of listened at the beginning and then I switched to listening it uh, while yeah. I read along, uh, which is great because I paid attention a Perfect. little bit more towards the end. Why we're best friends. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, a couple other facts. Um, the title of the novel actually comes from the first line of the 1926 poem sailing to Byzantium written by W E W B Yeats. Yeats. I don't know how to say that. Um, and then this is one one of 12 books that Cormac McCarthy has actually written. Wow. His first he wrote in 1965 and his latest is actually planned to come out later this year. Oh. Um, so he is still actively writing. Um, one of his other titles, I think a couple have been adapted into different things, but mm-hmm. one of the, his other titles, The Road, is one that's um, also been ad- adapted to a movie. Mm. And actually, I said that I mistakenly said this last episode, The Road is the one that's on my epic reads list. This oh, one is this not. one's not? This one is Interesting. not. Interesting. So, We'll this have one to I read th- the road eventually at some point. This one is on my movie to book to movie adaptation gotcha. poster, though. Okay. Um, so yeah, those are my fun facts for the book. So this this movie is very popular. People yes. love this movie. You even before you read the book, you're like, oh my god, I love this movie. Here's- Were you surprised after having watched it? I was. <laughs> the fact that how much you hated True Grit. <laughs> Well, that was a Western, so country Western. Well, <laughs> so I, I guess I don't know if I feel like I like. I'm wondering if I watched this movie while I wasn't taking notes, if I would have liked it more. Like sometimes I feel like I'm too analytical. That's fair, and I'm not, you know, whatever. So I don't know if I like this movie yet. <laughs> I'm still undecided. <laughs> um, but everyone else loved it. It was a 93% on Rotten wow. Tomatoes. The budget was only $25 million and it uh, grossed worldwide $171.6 million. Wow. Good so it did them. really, really well. Good for them. Um, it is uh, a film that is included among the 101 movies you must see before you die. Um, edited by uh, Steven Schneider. Uh, so yeah, so it's, you know, very popular movie. Um, it was nominated for eight Oscars. It won four, including actor for supporting role, directing adapted screenplay and best picture that year. So it wasn't Javier that won or what was it was. Oh, good. Oh, it was just supporting. Yeah. He was just supporting. I don't know if there was an actual lead actor in this one. Well, it's an ensemble cast. Yeah. No no one like kind of stands out. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, um, is the highest paid um, top billing person mm-hmm. in this, but I wouldn't even consider him the lead in it. No, he so. was so interchangeable for me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, so speaking of country Western, um, it was filmed actually in the United States, um, in a city called Las Vegas, New Mexico, not oh. Las Vegas, um, Nevada. Um, they wanted to do it, you know, obviously in an open era or open area, um, to make it look, you know, like in the desert right. and whatnot, which is what it needed to be. Yeah. Uh, this was something that I thought was very interesting. So I said earlier that the budget was $25 million. So one of the most expensive things that they spent on this movie would be what would you think? Mm. You had to take a guess. Boots. <laughs> Boots. Wrong. <laughs> it was actually all of the fake blood that ah, they used. Cause okay. there's a lot of fake blood that's um, used in this movie. However, most of the time, 
fake blood in movies is like some sort of concoction that has like sugar and dyes in it Mm -hmm. or whatever. Well, since this was outside filmed, you know, in the heat Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the sun, they weren't able to do that because they put it, you know, out everywhere. And these actors would be getting eaten alive by all these bugs. So they had to spend a lot of money on this, like sugar free, um, blood that they used, um, throughout the film, which was like super expensive. But I thought it was fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. So lastly, you like this because you enjoy little details of movies. I do. I do. Um, there is a part when Anton in the movie pulls out some coins mm-hmm. and one of them looks like it's red or whatever. Like it has like red marks okay. around it or whatever. And in my mind, I remember seeing that. I was like, is that like a bloody coin? You know, because he's <laughs> yeah. like flipping for their lives. I was like, OK, so someone else died, whatever. It actually wasn't supposed to be blood that actually in the eighties, a lot of, it was very common for, um, video arcade people Mm -hmm. to have these like red coins that they would paint because in the seventies and eighties, a lot of these operators would have to like Jerry rig their games because coins would get jammed. So they would have to like use these coins to get through the, through the jams. Okay. And so they didn't want to give people these extra coins. So they knew which coin was theirs. Is there a reason why it happened to be an Anton's? Like, I don't know. They, they said that they added that just because, you know, this film was in the eighties and it was like something that was very common that you would see in the eighties. Also, can I just say that problem is still a problem these (laughs) days. Like, I don't know how many times. And and now it's like, they've upgraded to like the card system where you go to arcades. It's still an issue. I know. I was literally there like a month ago at an arcade and I couldn't get in on any of the rides (laughs) or any of the games because it was like down or painted coins. (laughs) I guess so. So let's get into the cast. Like you said before, it's an ensemble cast with a lot of heavy hitters. Um, I mentioned Tommy Lee Jones. He plays um, Sheriff Ed Tom Bell. Um, he has a supporting role um, Oscar for his role in uh, The Fugitive. And he also has Oscar nominations for his uh, roles in Lincoln, um, The Valley, Ela, and JFK. Um, he was in all three uh Men in Black movies. I was going to say. Agent K. <laughs> what's the word? Claim to fame. Claim to fame. Even um, it's not. Also, and he's, uh was Two-Face in Batman Forever, which is oh, one of my favorite Batman movies. Interesting. Um, and like I said before, uh, despite being the top billing actor in this ensemble, Tommy Lee Jones has the least amount of screen time of the three main characters. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Yeah. I Like I said earlier, I, he's very interchangeable for me in this role. I don't know that he necessarily did the role right. anything special um yeah i will stick to i think his claim to fame is definitely the Men in black movies. <laughs> Agent K. Uh, but i think whatever he was fine yeah um all right moving on to anton sugar not sugar sugar <laughs> um played by one of your favorites javier bardem really only just favorite in this movie yeah right <laughs> um he is spanish we saw him in the movie eat pray love mm-hmm. um he was also in the movie dune that you saw i haven't yes. seen it yet and then he was also in the movie Skyfall, one of the James Bond movies, with fun, a lot of other things. Fun fact, um, the movie poster for Dune has him on the cover, yeah. or at least one of them does, and I totally thought it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, yeah, he look, they look very similar. I usually can tell them apart, but for whatever reason, this this specific image, yeah. I was like, man, that, that's, that's got to be oh. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, oh, it's actually not. Yeah, <laughs> I've, always thought, I've always thought that they looked they a do, lot alike. They do. I will say Jeffrey definitely is the better looking mm-hmm. of the two mm-hmm. um but either way javier bardem absolutely slayed yeah 
pun intended, yeah. uh, this role. He yeah. was so perfect for it. He has this like eerie, like just, you, he makes you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you need for this right. role. Well, and it's funny because you say how perfect he was for this role. Um, the director, the Coen brothers actually came to him asking him if he wanted to play this. And immediately he was like, I don't drive. I speak bad English and I hate violence, <laughs> which is like everything this yeah. character is. But he wanted to work with the Coen brothers so bad that he that yeah. he agreed to it. And obviously it ended up being um, a great role for him. Mm-hmm. Um, this won't be the last time we see him. Obviously, he's going to be in the upcoming movie, um, The Little Mermaid. He's going to be King Triton. Oh, and, interesting. Um, he's going to be in Dune Part 2. And then uh, he's going to be uh, Dr. Frankenstein in The Bride of Frankenstein. Wow. Oh, no. Frankenstein's monster is what he's going to be. Interesting. So. I mean, yeah, like I said, he's great. Um, I was a little, like, unsure. Maybe this is – I didn't feel like in the book we got – what kind of a mm-hmm. like look and feel this character yeah. had, right? Yeah. And even when you listen to the audiobook, he the guy doesn't have an accent, right? Uh, not that I think it matters, but it was interesting to like mm-hmm. kind of see that side because I always, I mean, I've seen the movie first, so I will always envision right. Javier as yeah. that role. So it was just interesting to like read and, and listen to a different kind of style of yeah. uh, voice. Uh, we also have to note that as of right now, when we are recording this, the Academy Awards have not happened yet this Correct. year in 2022, but he is, um, he is nominated for best supporting role again this year in 2022 for his role in the Ricardos. Oh yeah. Um, he's up against Will Smith, Denzel, Benedict Cumberbatch, and um, Andrew Garfield. Will Smith is going to win that role. Did you did award. you see King Richard? I have not, but he so far he's won the SAG Award, the Critics Choice Award. Um, oh no, sorry, was it either the SAG or the Golden Globe? Mm-hmm. One of those two. So I think he's a shoot. Yeah, it was win. a very good, very good movie. Well, and so far his acceptance speeches have just been thanking the um, Williams family because well, like yeah. if they didn't exist, he wouldn't have gotten I mean, this honestly. role. So. Um, when Javier won his Oscar for this movie. Um, at the 80th Academy Awards, he actually became the first Spanish actor to win an Oscar, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, and that year, he won um, he won the Academy Award, he won the SAG Award, he won the BAFTA Award, Award. yep, <laughs> the Golden Globe, the Critics Choice Award as well, there making him like one of the first people to like sweep that in whatever if you could see the grin on my face uh, you know this you yeah. know this about me i absolutely love award season it's my yeah. second favorite season after scarf season um <laughs> so yes i'm all for that and see clearly if he if will smith is on the same trajectory then he yeah. probably will win probably um, fun fact i was actually watching the replay of the critics choice awards because uh-huh. it was on on sunday and still to this day this is not related whatsoever yeah but still to this day halle berry is the only black female to have ever won the Oscar for either best, I think it's um, mm-hmm. best actress, like not yeah. the main award, basically. I'm like to that's, this day, and Monsters Ball, for Monsters Ball, which came out like years ago, right? So Long I'm like time shocked ago. that like no one else has won since. Yeah, but I'm like chop that's chop, crazy. like time for time for time to change. Uh, anyway, Javier Bardem slayed this role, yes. as you said before. Hated the hair, but here we go. <laughs> oh my he god, did. no, the hair is perfect. <laughs> he did, he did. I, I read a comment or in an interview that he did that they did his hair and he was like, Well, I'm not gonna get laid for two years or for two months. <laughs> <laughs> so it was moving on to Llewellyn Moss, who is the hunter. His, 
innocent bystander. I don't know if he's innocent. <laughs> we don't know if he's innocent, but he was the bystander that gets himself into some trouble. Um, played by Josh Brolin, which I will give you another chance to tell me who he is. Famous Do- character that he is <laughs> that I love in Marvel movies. Oh my god. He's a villain. Oh yeah, he's the guy with the hand. Yeah, that What's guy. What's his name? Thanos. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he plays Thanos in the in the Marvel movies. He also plays Cable in the Deadpool movies. He was in Dune as well, mm-hmm. and he will be in part two. Um, and he was actually in Men in Black Three as young Agent K. Oh. So for Tommy Lee Jones, which I thought How was interesting. Fascinating. Um, Josh Brolin was actually thought he might end up not being able to do this role because right before they started filming, like two days before he got into a um, really bad car accident and like broke his shoulder somehow, but it ended up working out. Okay. Because this character gets shot in the shoulder very early on. So he didn't have to go through like full rehab. You know, he was able to play that role even better, which I thought was interesting. ironic because it's not like they put that into the movie because it definitely happens in the book. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then lastly about him, which I thought was not even really about him, but Heath Ledger was actually in talks to play this role However, he withdrew his name to, quote, unquote, take time off after he had just d- got done filming The Dark, the Dark Knight. Knight and then had won the Oscar for The Dark, oh, wow. Dark Knight. So very interesting. I don't know if I could have seen him as, no. as I mean, this role, but. No, <laughs> I was going to try to justify it, but no, yeah. no, not so much. But I love Josh Brolin. I think he's very great and very versatile. I will forever not remember that he is Thanos. You will always forget that. <laughs> always. Um, all right, moving on to Carson Wells, who for a lot of this movie, I thought he was the DA. I don't think he's the DA. <laughs> nope. He's like a bounty hunter, he's definitely right? definitely a bounty hunter. Yeah. yeah. So got to like rework that in my notes. Um, played by Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's so funny because like you think about him and you think that he's like, you know, it's like goofy guy who does zombie land and is in venom and like the hunger games. And he's all these goofy guys, <laughs> yeah. but he has like three Oscar nominations for like serious type yeah. movies. So, and then he plays this role. That's kind of like in between. He's so. a test. He's a testament to a kind of Jack of all trades kind of yeah. actor. Like he can really do it all in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite book or movies that he was in was seven pounds where he plays a blind guy. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely exquisite. Also, he was great in true detective. Mm-hmm. Um, I love him in basically everything I've seen him in. I yeah. think he's really good. I mean, this character is kind of an ancillary character. It's kind of yeah. a B list yeah. character. Um, but even so, I honestly thought at, at one point that we weren't even going to get him in the book. Yeah. Um, cause he comes in so late. Yeah. Well, I think like when you put, sometimes you put these ensemble casts together with like these very famous directors, like some of these other actors are like, well, I just want to work with these people. It's mm-hmm. so, like, it doesn't, I don't care what character I get or whatever. That's true. So that's true. Um, I feel like a lot of times I do. <laughs> and lastly, um, Carol Jean Moss, who is Carla, Carla, sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I, I wrote, carol like eight times in my notes and i kept having to go back say actually there's a carla that i really don't like so i think that's why i like subconsciously do i know this carla uh from back in my seattle days oh that one you literally just put her on blast it's fine she doesn't listen to our podcast it's fine (laughs) anyways um yeah so carla jean moss Mm -hmm. is um llewellyn's wife she's in the book, she's I mean, they're supposed to be very young in this book, or yeah, she is. She's at eighteen, least. right? In yeah. The book? yeah. <clears throat> Played by Kelly McDonald. Um, she's actually Scottish. Oh. Which I was looking at, like what she was playing, what she played in famously for, and I was like, this woman is like 
podunk town. And then I was like, oh, wait, she's actually Scottish because she's plays the voice of Merida in Brave, the uh, Disney movie. So I was like, yeah, that, that, makes, sense. that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> she was also in uh, Boardwalk Empire, and she was also in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Name that character. Go. Oh, dear God. It's, it's, a, it's a weird one. Not a weird one, but... Can I get a clue? Um, She was a head of a house. Oh, oh, was she Rowena Ravenclaw? Helena Ravenclaw. Helena, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the ghost of Helena is sure, Helena? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, props to her and whoever um, gave her good accent coaching. Yeah. Cause I, like, I thought she tell. was some, you know, bumpkin. Yeah. But clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her. I thought she was good for the role yeah. and I liked their chemistry. I, I believed it. Llewellyn. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I can remember. Llewellyn. Also, who's what male name is Llewellyn? I don't know, but I kept calling him Moss because I was not about to keep Ugh, saying Llewellyn I, in my notes. I did. <laughs> I spelt it wrong a lot. <laughs> All right. Time for who said it. Uh, your first quote is, you do the best you can. Sometimes things turns out all right. Ooh. Tommy Lee Jones. What's his character name? <laughs> Sheriff Bell. Yes. <laughs> your next one is, he's a peculiar man. You could even say that he has principles. Come on, that one's straight out of the movie. Carson Wells. Yes. <laughs> Next one is, if the rule you followed led you to this, of what use was the rule? Sugar. Sugar. <laughs> uh, last but not least, I'm going to bring you something all right. I've decided to make you a special project of mine. Oh, gosh, that's a hard one. Um, Llewellyn. Yes. Stop <laughs> Stop saying their first and stop confusing their first Llewellyn and last name. Moss. <laughs> yes. What do you mean? Uh, uh, first and last name. Well, some I have first. I have all of their last names and some you said first names. So then it confused me. I'm like, who's Llewellyn? <laughs> Literally the main character. <laughs> Remember, there is no main character. And Thanos. It, and, it's freaking Thanos. And if we're being honest, Anton is the main character. Okay. Let's He's be a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your options for F. Mary Kill, clearly, are Anton Chigurh, um, Llewellyn Moss, and Sheriff Bell. Oh, gosh. Got to kill Sheriff Bell. He's on his last leg anyway. <laughs> Poor guy. He just lives a too simple life for me. What does that even mean? Like He just seems like he's just so like set in his ways and doesn't want to get out of that small town. You know? You have big dreams for big, Sheriff Bell? Yeah. Well, no, for myself. So I'm oh. not going to like marry oh, him. Oh, got it. Okay. <gasps> um, <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I will. can't marry Shagur. So <laughs> I guess I'll flip the coin with Shagur. And then um, I'll marry Llewellyn. Because he protected his woman. Sure. Um, I'm going to marry Sheriff Bell. Because he has a good job. And he lived. He lived. <laughs> he has land. Uh-huh. And he has horses. Are you riding a lot of horses? As, no, as but as? I would like to. <laughs> I would die to see you on a horse. <laughs> I'm going to make it happen one day. It's it's like on my bucket list. You know that thing that apparently was made randomly? Yes, by the movie. <laughs> if, if you'll listen to our episode last week, you'll yeah. know you'll what we're talking, we're talking about. about. Um, okay, so yeah, so I'll marry Sheriff Bell. I will, I'll kill Moss because, I don't know, he's he's untrustworthy. Um, <laughs> and I will flip my coin with Anton as well. Fabulous. <laughs> that was a weird way of saying that. 
All right. So let's get into the movie. I was actually surprised it was only two hours long. Can I say that for a two hour long movie, (laughs) it felt very long. But I also think that I bet it didn't feel that long when you weren't taking notes, though. No, but also because of the way that the scenes are created. Right. It's Mm -hmm. very much like um, uh, what's his face? Oh, my God. I'm blanking on like one of the most iconic directors. What is his name? Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. How his like scenes are very like long and like drawn mm-hmm. out. I felt that way like in this too. And I was like, okay, like, can we go to the next scene? What, what, let's find out what let's happens keep, next. Keep it moving. <laughs> Except for one scene, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, only two hours, surprisingly. All right. So the movie starts off with a voiceover of the sheriff. And he's kind of talking about, you know, what it's like to be a sheriff nowadays versus, you know, in the olden days mm-hmm. of being a sheriff, which I could only imagine would be very different. And that was in the eighties. Right. And he was comparing the eighties to, to now or to like way back in the day. Could you imagine the eighties to now would be people, even crazier? People got away with a lot of stuff back in the day. I feel like <laughs> probably, For real. probably things that they should not have gotten. Well, away and I with. think there's that one point where Sheriff Bell's like, <laughs> he was like the younger guy coming. He's talking uh-huh. to the younger guy in the in the diner and like the younger guy gets like let's go get him and he's like man it's all right just <laughs> let him go it's fine well i think their their town was just slow moving in general yeah um and i think it's at this point in the movie he does talk about how at one point he arrested someone who ended up dying or going to the death chamber or something like that yeah because they killed their girlfriend or something yeah and that's in the book and the movie yeah um, one thing about the book actually i want to mention because mm-hmm. no better time than now we do get a couple of voiceovers of him in the movie. Mm-hmm. The book, basically every kind of section starts yeah. with like a prologue, if you will, right. from Bell talking about different things that he's gone through and like whatever. Mm-hmm. I personally didn't care for it. No, I don't feel like it added anything. And it, honestly, it confused me because I'm like, right. am I, is this something I'm supposed to remember? Is right. this going to come into play later? <laughs> like, yeah. what is this for? Exactly. Didn't appreciate no. it. <laughs> well, and so the next scene we get, which I was a little confused about after watching the whole movie. So we, we see Anton Shigor get arrested, right? He's arrested. Mm-hmm. He's at the police station. I'm like, after watching this movie, I was like, how did this man actually get arrested? Like, this guy was mowing through people. Like, just killing people like crazy. Like, how did this deputy dog manage to get him? Maybe he wanted to get arrested. I don't feel I feel like it... <laughs> What, because he was bored? Yeah. I don't know. But anyways, he ends up getting arrested. He has this, like, compressor thing in his car with him um, that he gets arrested with. Well, he's at the police station. He manages to get out of his handcuffs, and he ends up killing the deputy very graphically. With said handcuffs. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) Gross. Um, But he cleans himself up. He takes his, like, air compressor tank, and then he, like, leaves in the cop car. um, And he pulls over a poor civilian. And he kills that civilian and gets in his car. Um, This is actually, I thought it was actually very, a good portrayal of how it was described in the book, in the book. book, Like even in the book, they talk about him, you know, cleaning off his bloody wrists and the cuts on his wrists. And we see that in the movie. I thought it was like very clean cut. Remember this book was written as a screenplay. So I feel like a lot of that we're going to feel as we move along. (laughs) Um, So this whole next scene, here's, I'm going to (laughs) preface all of this. I don't watch movies where dogs die. Yeah. I don't like it. And I did it. And I'm sorry that I did it. So I'm sorry for anyone who really got behind me in that matter. Well, and I also didn't warn you because frankly, I forgot that there's, you know, dead dogs in this movie. Not only so. is there a dead dog, we actually see a dog. I turned my head, but we see a dog like get shot. That was totally added to the movie by the by. 
unnecessary. Anyway, let's keep going. So we see Llewellyn, um, Llewellyn Moss. He's out hunting in the open field and he ends up, he sees a dog, he sees a dog with like a broken leg or something, which was added in the book. No, it's no, in the book, it is. but the, in the book, he, the dog is missing a tail or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, Not necessarily a limb dog <laughs> yeah. in the field. So, he, um, but he ends up, fl- um, finding, you know, a blood trail and he thinks that it's from this injured dog. He ends up seeing a bunch of these old trucks or not old. They're probably new back then. <laughs> but these trucks, um, they're all shot out. There's like dead men laying everywhere. There's a freaking dead dog on the side. And you're like, what the heck happened? Like clearly like the, it's like the Ozarks down here. Yeah. You know, everyone's Drug gone wrong. Yeah. Clearly. He opens up one of the truck doors and he finds a man who's, um, dead inside. He goes to another car and he actually finds a man, um, inside asking for water. And he's his, He's, you know, a Hispanic man um, who doesn't speak English asking for water. And he's like having a hard time communicating with him, but also like clearly doesn't care about communicating. With right. Him. Well, he's bleeding out too right. on top of everything. Right. He ends up finding a boatload of uh, drugs in the back of this truck bed. Like just it's totally full. And then this is the part that I couldn't remember if this was in the movie. Cause I thought that he found the money in the truck. No, no, no. Cause he, he's like, it's similar to the movie. He's like, where's the last man standing? I think yeah. he even asks the guy right in the movie. Yeah. Like, where's your, where's the last guy? Um, and then he realizes, okay, there's gotta be a situation. He eventually goes and finds this other dead body, mm-hmm. which we get in the next scene. Yeah. So we see him finding another, um, guy. He's over like, down yonder that was interesting though the way he kind of like deduced that because he's yeah. like okay if i'm a guy who's like basically on my deathbed and mm-hmm. i'm trying to get away where do i go obviously to where there's shade because mm-hmm. this entire like field is completely open and the sun is like beating yeah. down on them so that was genius 100 yeah, <laughs> percent. so he finds this dead guy who actually um ends up having a whole briefcase full of money so I think in the in the book they tell us it's like two point two million dollars, mm-hmm. which is a lot of money now. It's a lot of money back then yep. too. We don't actually, I don't think, get that total um, here in the movie. Uh, but he ends up taking the gun of the guy, takes the briefcase full of money, and then he goes home to his trailer park and hides <laughs> hides it under his house. Genius. Or he hides the gun under the yeah. under the trailer, um, and then takes the <laughs> takes the. Uh, the briefcase full of money inside. And I just, I love the exchange between, um, Carla Jean mm-hmm. and, and him where she's like, what's all that? What, what's all in that briefcase? And he's like, it's full of money. And she's like, no, it's not like you, they definitely have that like joking relationship yes. that she doesn't know if he's telling the truth or, but I also love that he literally never lies to her. Um, I found it on dead guy. Like, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he ends up going to sleep and he can't sleep because, you know, like most of us, you know, your mind travels, especially if something crazy happened yep. and he starts feeling guilty. I guess we can presume that or assume that he was feeling guilty about right. leaving that man alive out there. So like the good Samaritan he is, he gets a, you know, <laughs> jug full of water and decides he wants to go back to find the injured man and give him some agua. I love that he even says to Carla Jean, like, I'm probably making a stupid mistake mm-hmm. by doing this, but like I, my God, my conscience won't let me not do they it. Would <laughs> no. They would have never found him. No, they would have never. Not well. true. Not true. The tracker. Oh yeah. The tracker. <laughs> but like before we find that out, I'm like, right, there's yeah. no way he would have found you. Yeah. So anyways, he leaves, um, he goes to the site or whatever, but he's up on the hill kind of overlooking where these trucks are. He leaves his truck up on this hill. Um, 
And when he goes back down there, the guy's actually dead now. So someone now has come in. I don't know if it, someone came in and shot him or if the guy just died. Well, they made a point in the movie. And I can't remember in the book to like show the shattered window, almost like there was an additional kind of kerfuffle yeah, or something. Something. <laughs> so he's down by this guy and he can see his truck up on the hill. And all of a sudden he sees a bunch of men up by his truck and he's like, crap. And they actually cut the tires. So he's like, crap again. <laughs> um, and they start coming down towards him in their own truck and start shooting at him. Uh, they end up chasing him down towards the river and they shoot him in the shoulder. And this freaking dog dives into the water after him. Yeah. And I'm like, that dog's fast. What a good boy. I thought at one point I really thought it was like going to become his companion. <laughs> I was like, how is he going to turn him <laughs> like I that? I don't know. I was like, maybe this dog's going to like be panicked or something. He's going to go save this dog and they're going to become. This companions. isn't that Channing Tatum movie that's about to come out. Dog or whatever no, that just came out. <laughs> but anyways, the dog jumps out of the water and he shoots the dog. Moving yeah. on. That did not happen in the book. I no. don't even know why they need. They felt the need to like I add that. I literally have WTF. Yeah. Unnecessary. So. He ends up, he does end up getting away from those men that were shooting mm. him, but he's injured. He should get shot in the shoulder. His feet are all, you know, banged up now and he's not in a good spot. So now we see Anton Shigur, who we don't even figure out his name to like 75% through the movie. Like you wouldn't right. know what his name is unless you read the book. So he's at a gas station after stealing that car that he was at and he ends up hassling this cashier. This is my absolute favorite scene, scene in the movie and probably one of the best scenes of like movie. It's a great scene. Life or whatever you <laughs> want to call it. So he's hassle- hassling this cashier and you can see that the cashier is like a little on edge. Yep. And he's like, what time do you close? And he's like, right now. <laughs> we are closing right now. <laughs> Gotta you're, go. <laughs> you're creeping me out. And he ends up asking him, you know, what's the most you've ever lost in a coin toss? And the guy's like very confused on what he's talking about. And he's like, you need to call it. Call it heads or tails, heads or tails. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> well, I feel so bad. He's like, like, I need to know what I stand to lose. And he's like, like everything, literally everything. <laughs> literally I mean, everything we all, we can only assume that if it went the other way, he was going to shoot this. Well, yeah. Poor guy. My thing is, okay. If that's your concept as a, as a psychopath serial killer, great. But he doesn't do that for everybody. No, that's his thing though. So this is my this is me interpreting mm-hmm. his kind of mindset because we do, like I even mentioned, like he's a, he's a man of principles, right? Yes. He does follow a certain set of rules that he's essentially set for himself. Mm-hmm. If they don't necessarily like pose any like threat to him, mm-hmm. but clearly this guy is like bothering him. He yeah. does the flip the coin <laughs> thing. Got it. And he sticks to it. If the person, you know, says the right, yeah. says the right thing. And this is where that red, we see the red coin yes. is in this scene. Um, but anyways, the cashier ends up calling heads and it's heads and he lets him keep, you know, the lucky coin, but he's like, don't put it in your pocket. Don't put it in your wallet. Like this is your lucky coin. Don't let it. And I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, well, it is cool. Do you think at any point the guy like realized like, oh, I almost, I just cheated death basically. I mean, probably, (laughs) probably. I mean, he, the guy probably like, you know, rethought his whole life because in this whole conversation, he's like did you own this place? And the guy's like, well, it's my wife. She's like, okay, so you married into this. So right. this isn't even your place or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so now Llewellyn Moss is back at home at the trailer with, and he tells Carla Jean that she needs to go home to her mom's to Odessa. Cause he's like, crap. Now these guys are after me. They think I have the money and she needs to get out of here. Cause they're going to kill her. 
Um, the next thing we see is Anton Shigor. He meets up with two men in suits, which I don't know who they are. We don't really get it. Like at one point I was like, maybe they're police. But then I was like, why would you be working with the police? But then I think he's probably, those are probably guys that like work for the guy that he was working for in this like scenario. Right. Here's the part where I'm confused. Um, was the money originally Anton's? No. No. Anton just knew like his. I think he's he was part of some sort of a trade or something. A coup. Or he was sent in after the fact when the the showdown happened. Like the drug deal gone wrong mm-hmm. happened. Like he's, is he the drug? He's not the drug lord? I don't think so. He's just like the, the bounty guy. Not, Yeah. Like he had, I think, and I could be wrong because we don't really get Mm -hmm. a a clear answer. I think that that drug deal was meant to go wrong from the beginning Mm -hmm. and Moss just happened to like come across it. I think Anton's role was always going to be to steal the money for like the drug deal. Got it. Gone wrong, if that makes sense. Got it. But then Moss comes in and totally like screws up his plan. Got it. And I think, and I think Anton works for somebody who wanted that money or something to that effect. Got it. It's never clearly defined in the book or the movie. No. So it's up to interpretation. Right. And maybe that was the point. <laughs> yeah. That maybe. was my inter- interpretation <laughs> of it. So anyways, he he takes them, he takes these two guys in suits to where Llewellyn's truck is and the other, like, you know, the shootout happened. And they basically give him, they give Anton a gun and they give him this little tracker, transmitter tracker thing. Um, and the second that they do that, he ends up shooting both of them. So I'm like, all right, well, these guys must have been all together at some point working together. Right. And then Anton. See, I didn't even catch them. him, them giving him the tracker. Yeah, that's how he got it. The transponder. The transponder. <laughs> so now we're seeing Sheriff Bell. He's loading up his horses. Um, he goes out to a car that was set on fire. Um, presumably, it's the car that Anton ditched after. See, See, here's the thing. Go back to your whole theory of mm-hmm. people that are just bugging him. The poor man that he just pulled over on the side of the road. He, he, he killed that guy. He needed his car. Well, I know, but he could have at least given him what a flip of a coin what? and left him on the side of the road. He had to go. But why? You said that he has this moral code. He needed the car. He was on a time crunch. The police were after a hole, him. Poked a hole in that theory. Anyway. Clearly, I did not think my theory through very well. Um, I forgot to mention, in the book, we actually get a scene where the police come across the dead, dead guy's like body, which we don't get in the movie. We no. just get Anton killing him. Right. Um, not that it matters, but then it, it kind of matters because then they retrace that guy mm-hmm. to this burning car. Right. So... They then <laughs> ride the horses to the trucks where, you know, all the drugs used to be. Do you think they rode the horses to, like, not tamper with, like, evidence or, like, the crime scene? Is that why they rode horses? Because it's, it's a Western movie. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just making fun of it me. It is. I don't know. I, maybe that's just how they do it out, well, out there. Well, I feel like they made, like, a mention of it in the book where it was, like, you know, something about, like, the tracks have already been kind of, like, yeah. messed with. Well, that, and they probably needed to get to, like, other areas. Maybe it's easier for horses to get through. Like, if there's brush and stuff, they need to go slower. I don't know. It was an open field. <laughs> I'm just saying the cops nowadays are on horses. Yeah, in the in, te- in Tempe where they yeah. have to. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway. Anyway. So when the cops get there, though, all of the drugs that were in the back of that truck are gone. 
Right. So now the money's gone. Drugs are gone. Who took the drugs? We never find out. Yeah. Why? There's so many plot plot I would assume that the men that were shooting Llewellyn came back and took drugs. Oh, they're like, well, if we didn't get our money, we might as well take our drugs. I guess. Makes sense. So now we see... We see Anton Shigor at Llewellyn's trailer, which I don't remember how we found, how he got there. Probably the tracker thing, I guess. But at that point, you don't, you don't, we don't know about it. Like the money's still there. No, no, the money's gone. Then how do you know to go there to the trailer? Oh, he did. He grabbed the VIN number off of the off of his truck, so I think he probably yes, tracked down his truck go. and there figured out where his address is. So, and while he's in the trailer, um, he ends up. It's empty. Llewellyn and, and Carla Jean aren't there, but he finds like a phone bill with his name on it. He sits down for, you know, a glass of milk. Which he doesn't actually drink. No. <laughs> Unless he doesn't. It's just lets off it camera. Sits, lets it sit there. <laughs> um, and then he ends up going to the office of this. is Again, here's another theory. He ends up going to the office mm-hmm. of this trailer park. And there is a woman in who there is not helpful to him, mm-hmm. which is very nice. She protects her, her, you know. Yep. tenants or whatever but he's clearly annoyed with this woman and is clearly upset because she's not letting him know where Llewellyn works mm-hmm. so I have and, a theory okay and he just walks away he just seems annoyed but he walks away he doesn't kill her so if you listened closely someone flushed a toilet mm-hmm. so he's like oh crap now I gotta kill two people if I'm killing this girl and he's like that's too much like you know bloodshed so he just lets her go too much bloodshed yeah like for him like he's he's trying to lay low too right he doesn't want the police to like catch him why yeah. why you know one is one if you have to kill two <laughs> who knows what this other guy is he could be a giant you know big man he could be thanos <laughs> he could be thanos and snap you away exactly <laughs> um we now see uh Llewellyn is getting carla jean on a bus to odessa he's going in a different direction he doesn't give her the money he keeps the money um to which I say, if Ray ever just drops me off at a bus stop, see you later. <laughs> you leave that money with me. Goodbye. <laughs> Who's taking buses? So the 80s. It was like the, the peak know. of the I Greyhound. <laughs> uh, we need, And we now see the sheriffs. Here's the thing with the sheriffs. The sheriffs are like one step behind everybody in this story the That's whole time. always the case. Um, they end up at Llewellyn's trailer. Um, clearly had just missed Anton because like the milk still has like condensation on it. What does? Milk. <laughs> milk. The milk. <laughs> the milk. Sorry. I have to do it every time. The milk in my bag. <laughs> um, so, so anyways, the, <laughs> and it's so funny, the little like deputy dog guy who's so like, you know, excited to be a sheriff, you know, be in the police department now. He's like, Hey, let's go get him. And he's like, what, what do you want me to go? What do you want to put out there? Be on the lookout for a man who just had a glass of milk. <laughs> Well, so. if we were later, and I don't know, maybe like forensics, they could have done fingerprints to figure out. I mean, although they already knew who he was, right? Yeah. Like they know who yeah. they're who they're hunting. Kind of. But anyway, so I thought that was funny. And then he just sits down and Sheriff Bell drinks the <laughs> drinks the milk. That's been sitting out. <laughs> yeah, gross. <laughs> um, we now see Llewellyn checks into a hotel. Um and he Motel for sure. It's a motel. <laughs> Hotel, hotel, holiday. <laughs> holiday Inn. Um, he ends up going to this motel and he's very smart, actually. Like he ends up putting the money in the air duct. Well, he mm. doesn't just put it in there. He puts it in there and then shoves it way in the back, 
like to where you can't even see it and like yeah. pushes it to the side. He does yeah. grab a few hundos before he does that though. He does, which is also <laughs> very smart. And like, I kind of knew what was going to happen, but I was watching this with my mom. She's like, how's he going to get that out? And I was like, I mean, yeah, like he does put some like rope or string. He or does. Something but on even it, right? at that point, you're like, how are you going to reach the string? You know, cause it's facing the other way. Right, right, right. He ends up getting it out. But anyways, um, we now see that, Anton Shigor has taken that phone bill that he found in the trailer and he's looking at the people who have called, which genius genius. Thank God that there's no paper paper trails anymore like this. There most certainly is. There you, is. You but, can print your phone. Well, phone. I know, I know I've used it to get off out of a ticket before. Oh yeah. I got stopped for texting while driving, um, at a stoplight and a cop cause I wasn't paying attention. I was like uh-huh. on Facebook or something. And the cop pulled up behind me. The light turned green and I didn't go right away. Uh-huh. And so he pulled me over thinking I was texting on my phone. And the ticket said texting while driving. So I printed out my texting records, showed that there was no text message in or out during the time of when he pulled me over and they let me out. Fascinating. I wonder if they've not, uh, they've since changed that rule to any and all social media. I mean, probably. probably. <laughs> I mean, I personally got into a car accident because I was um, Facebook stalking someone. So <laughs> luckily not with me in the car. Thankfully, nobody was harmed in the accident, um, but <laughs> the I did have to pay. I did have to pay for the, uh, the repairs. And of course they were riding a rental car of, of all things. Of course. So anyways, he's looking at the bill, trying to figure out where Llewellyn has gone to well had left the motel he needs some boots so he went and bought some boots at the boot store (laughs) he gets back and he's in like a taxi or something and he thinks that someone might be there looking for him because he he, a similar truck from the shootout was there so he's like okay just go to another motel just go to another motel so he drives himself it's like uber in the 1980s (laughs) right exactly it was interesting in the book they don't really say that there was a car in front. They even actually right. specifically say, like he says that he notices that the curtain is pulled back further mm-hmm. than what he remembered leaving. And I'm like, how He's, would you remember something like that? He should have just been a cop. He's pretty good at this stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know? So we now see that Anton is headed towards Odessa because he could see that that's where a lot of the phone calls were coming from. So he thinks even if he's not in Odessa, he might be along that road. Mm-hmm. He also kills a bird from his car window at this point. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. <laughs> because the bird was clearly pissing yeah, him off. Clearly. Um, we now see Llewellyn is at the gun store now. He buys a gun and he also asks for a tent with the with the most poles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I thought was funny in the book, he doesn't actually even take the tent part. No. He just takes the poles and he's like, Do you want the tent? And he just walks out. They didn't do yeah. that in the movie, which I thought would have been funny. But, but it was didn't. so funny because he's like I need a tent. And they're like, okay, well, we've got this and this mm-hmm. and this. And he's like, I just need one with poles. Like, yeah. what, which one can I take? <laughs> which one has the most poles? I don't care about he the goes, tent. He goes back to the hotel. He asks for another room. And he ends up getting the one that's right behind his, which shares an air duct with his. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> like, that was some real hoping. Yeah, you know? that's true. So... Anyways, this is the point where we find out that the money actually, in this briefcase, there's a transmitter that can be found if you have this transponder thing Mm -hmm. that Anton Shigur has. So as Anton is driving, the transmitter starts, or the transponder starts Mm -hmm. going going off, 
and it leads him to that motel and specifically that room. I was like, that is a great tracking device. Right. Considering it was probably created in like the 60s. The 1980s. (laughs) Find my friends (laughs) on iPhone. (laughs) Anyways, Llewellyn has now Jerry rigged freaking MacGyvered this like these tent poles into somehow able to get into the air duct and pull the money out to the other side of the room. It was like a fishing pole situation. Why didn't you, why didn't you just buy a fishing pole? I guess here's my thing. I mean, I guess he just assumed that someone was going to come looking for this money. Right. Well, yeah, he He is being followed. Right. I'm just like, put it in like a duffel bag. Like it's gotta be easier than this hard cased thing. I don't think he has time to be making those decisions. I, mean, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> so he ends up getting the money into the other room and he ends up getting away or he leaves. Um, Anton Shigor breaks into um, the room that he was originally in. Um, but when he gets there, there's actually three men that, that are there looking for that money. So they must have a transponder too. They must. Right? They must have. Like how many did they... They've given everyone one of these things. Well, if you'll, well, hold on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have a good explanation for that one because I was trying to say they're different sides of the of the team, but they're not, right? I mean, I don't know. Anton ends up shooting these three guys. Hmm. So I don't know. So <laughs> there must be more than one transponder because I don't know how those guys would have found him. But anyways, he looks for the money. He can't find the money. Um, and then he finally realizes what happened and he goes to the other room. Llewellyn's gone. Yeah. It was so cool. Cause like he sees this, he doesn't see the briefcase obviously, but he looks into the vent mm-hmm. and he sees the scuff marks of like yeah. the briefcase being dragged. I'm like, Oh man, that's genius. genius. So we now meet Mr. Wells played by Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the part where I was like, I don't know who this guy is. Like, I couldn't remember. You like, he, you thought I thought he was the DA. I really <laughs> thought he was the DA. I was like, who is this guy? I guess, like, some drug guy, whatever. Um, but he's getting asked by somebody else. I don't know who the somebody else is. Are we sure that the somebody else wasn't the DA? No, because I don't know. I don't know. He's working for somebody. And he gets asked about if he knows who Anton Shigur is. He's like, yeah, I know who he is. I know him well. So he must be some sort of, like, drug bounty hunter type guy if he knows this guy oh i'm sure and i'm sure he's been trying to track this one down Mm. for a while right (laughs) and he basically says he's a psychopath so heaven help us (laughs) so llewellyn now checks into another hotel Mm -hmm. motel this one actually felt like a hotel Yeah, a little bit better (laughs) and he asks the poor front desk guy hey if anybody checks in doesn't matter who they are call me here's a hundred bucks call me if anyone checks in (laughs) he gets up to his room and he finally, finally realizes that there's a transmitter in a stack of the money that's in there. So this is a tip for anyone who's planning on stealing millions of dollars. Switch out the bag. Right. Because he would have seen. Well, ideally, he would have seen the tra- right. transmitter at that point. So at this moment, he's like, crap, they know where I am. He calls down to the front desk. Nobody answers. And he can see someone outside his room, like the shadow of someone outside his room. And. One thing I forgot to mention before, a lot of times, so Anton has this gun mm-hmm. thing that it's like an air compressor almost. Yep. We it's find not a out, gun. yeah, it's, not, it's a gun. not a gun, <laughs> but we find out that they describe it a little bit later that it's like this air compressor weapon that is used in cow slaughtering. 
so it stuns the cows so Terrible. they don't have to use bullets or whatever to kill these cows. So he's decided to use it on humans. But he also like blows the locks out of <laughs> out of it's all these doors. Yes. So he blows the lock out of the room where Llewellyn is is staying. Um Llewellyn has jumped out of <laughs> Doesn't he hit him with it? Like the, yeah, it the like, piece of the door actually hits yeah, Llewellyn. Yeah, it hits his side. But he manages to get out of the room. And and I wouldn't have waited around. I would have been out of the room a long time ago. Like, <laughs> goodbye. Anyways. And then he goes back into the hotel. He leaves and then comes back into the hotel and sees the that the front desk guy has been shot. And then he starts shooting. Then him and Shugor start shooting at each other again. Yeah. In the book, he actually, like, grabs Anton, like, at gunpoint. Yeah. And, like, they have, like, a their little kerfuffle, I think, in the hotel room. Yeah. Um, and then he like tries to like do like a bait and switch where he like pushes Anton mm-hmm. down the stairs or whatever, and then tries to run out. Yeah, and like that's that's their and that's goal. not what happens. No. He ends up running out of the hotel. He ends up asking a guy for a ride. Where I'm like, don't let him in, <laughs> don't let him in. <laughs> the driver ends up getting shot in the neck, which sucks for that guy. But he manages to drive off a little bit. But then before he crashes the truck, he gets out. He hides, and him and Shigura start having another little fire. I'm calling it a kerfuffle. 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 (laughs) They start shooting at each other again. That is a better scene, I would say, than what we got in the book. Yeah. It was kind of a cool scene. So we think at this point he actually manages to shoot Shigur. He wounds Mm -hmm. him because he runs off and he gets scared off. Yep. We now see Llewellyn ends up driving to the Mexican border. And he runs into these three college kids because he looks just, I mean, he's been shot. He's exhausted. He looks like a wreck. He ends up (laughs) running into these three college guys. He tells them, hey, I'll give you 400 bucks for your jacket um, and also the beer in your hands. (laughs) And they like mess around with him for a second. And then they're like, okay, like let's, let's Yeah. yeah, take his money and like, let's go. For whatever reason, he ends up throwing the money over the fence. They make a mention of why in the book because apparently if he took it into mexico based off of what's Mm -hmm. in the book it says it would have been gone not sure what that reference is but basically he would it'd be a goner if yeah so he threw it over the fence to have it stay in in america um and then he just walks past border patrol and into mexico is that how it is today (laughs) can you easily walk over to mexico i think you can easily walk over to mexico you can't easily walk back from mexico Mm. which again is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm how it is in the movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. I've never walked into another country. Fun fact. Um, you can walk over the Seattle to mm-hmm. Vancouver. Um, I've, I've done it myself. You can. You're so cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've sat at that border for many of hours before. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> so he ends up <laughs> waking up. He's like collapsed on these steps and you just end up being woken up by a mariachi band. Naturally. Like, Great way to wake up. In the book, I think he, he, or the the guy who finds him is like a sweeper, like yeah. a city sweeper. <laughs> I like the mariachis better. Yeah. So Shigur now ends up blowing up a car outside of a pharmacy to uh, create a distraction so he can get in and get some drugs for his wound. We end up seeing him cleaning out this bullet wound on his leg that just looks totally painful. He's very methodical about it, though. He is. Like, he, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm, and he go. well, I'm sure it's happened before. True. We see him, like, naked in the bathtub and, like, naked on the bed. You don't see anything, no. but he's just naked. 
Um, uh, in the book, he actually stays at the motel and like recuperates for like five days. Yeah. Which does not happen in no. the movie because, you Fast know, forward. we got to go. <laughs> Um, again, two steps behind everybody else. The sheriffs find out that all of the trucks that were found at the shootout um, are actually of dead people um, that registered to registered dead people. To dead people um, and people have just been basically taking their social security money um, for a while and taking their trucks. So shocker. Apparently that's a thing people used to do. Evidently. Oh, wait, people still do it. And also at this point, um, Sheriff Bell ends up pulling over, I guess is the town coroner. It's like a guy in a flatbed truck and he, <laughs> he has like the dead bodies, like in this flatbed truck with like a tarp over it and the tarps flying away. Mm-hmm. So Bell has to stop and help him tie the freaking tarp back up. I love when he was like, yeah, we didn't have any four wheel drive cars. I'm yeah. like, Oh my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so Llewellyn now again, he <laughs> wakes up again and he's, in the hospital and when he wakes up wells is there the bounty hunter guy how did wells find him it's a great question i don't know well he is a, bounty that's hunter. his job that's yeah. his job okay um <laughs> and he basically says you know i want to talk to you about what's going on um but he Llewellyn tells him, like the money's gone i've already spent all the money it doesn't matter where it is lies lies did we Remember to say that he took the transponder or the transmitter out of the, yes. the briefcase. Oh, yeah. When he floor. found it, he, he, yeah. he, he left I feel, it. I feel like that's important to I note. I mean, yeah. It was implied, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so Wells thinks that Shigur is now headed to Odessa to find Carla Jean. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like threatening. I'm like, hey, if you don't help me, like this is what's going to happen. At this point, Sheriff Bell decides to go to Odessa to talk to Carla Jean. He gets there very quickly quicker than any of these other guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of like puts two and two together. Cause they were trying to figure out how Shigeru was killing all these people. And this is where we find out, you know, this is where like the type of weapon he's using. Like they kind yeah. of put two and two together. I don't know. These cops are so kind of useless in this whole movie. It's just like not important. All their scenes. Like I was like, are, this isn't important. Cops are like, have a tendency to be useless in movies, in movies and even TV shows. <laughs> So, but I think it's by design, right? Because then, what kind of movie would you have? Yeah, Just exactly. People arresting. I guess. <laughs> um, so Wells leaves the hospital, and he kind of like backtracks of the steps that Llewellyn probably took, and he actually ends up finding the briefcase of money that he threw over the side. It was conveniently like half visible. I'm like, what right. are the odds of that? Right. It was a terrible hiding place, though. <laughs> So he takes the money. He goes down. He grabs the money. Well, Shigur. No, he doesn't. What do you mean? He doesn't oh, grab yeah. the money. He doesn't. He should have. <laughs> he should have. He really should have. So he leaves the money there. He goes back to his hotel. Well, Shigur ends up following Wells back to his hotel. And he, like, basically, you know, holds him at gunpoint and ends up killing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tries to tell him, like, I know where the satchel or the briefcase is. Like, yeah. I can, you know, I can take you to it or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, that's great. I don't care where it is. I care yeah. where it's going to be, which right. is in my hands. Because right. either you or him are going to, like, bring it to yeah. me, basically. Exactly. <laughs> so he kills him. Llewellyn, at this point, is calling Wells. Because Wells was like, all right, well, when you're ready to talk, give me a call. And he's a little bit too late. So he calls. Yeah. Shigor ends up answering the phone and tells him if he brings him the money, I won't kill Carla Jean. But if you don't, 
<laughs> if you bring me the money, I'll only kill you mm-hmm. and I won't kill Carla Jean. Mm-hmm. If you don't bring me the money, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill Carla Jean. So there's, those are your choices. Basically. So now we get one of those like voiceover things that you're talking about, about the sheriff talking about how crazy the world is now and <laughs> all this stuff and yada, yada, yada. Um, Llewellyn now is trying to get back into the United States and the guy like totally stops and he's like, you know, cause he looks like a homeless bum. Yeah. And he tells him, you know, that he used to be in the army and they let him, they let him go through. In the book, he actually tries to get a guy to like drive him over to be less mm-hmm. inconspicuous or less conspicuous. Uh, and they don't buy it. They're yeah. like, sir, please step out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back to the place where he bought his boots originally. Um, and the tent to get more clothes. So he doesn't look like a total, a total bum. He goes and actually gets the money, um, where he left it. And then he calls Carla Jean and tells her that she now needs to go to El Paso, that they all know that she's in Odessa. Her and her mom need to get Mm -hmm. to El Paso. In the book, it's actually her grandma. She like calls her mom, but it's actually her grandma. (laughs) Why? I I, I don't don't know, but so, and her mom who has cancer, right? Like, old grandma who has cancer yeah shigor now goes to the guy that wells was working for and also shoots him mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's just like cleaning house at this point also did you notice how he let another guy live i mean what a nice guy right the guy's like he's like who are you he's like nobody nobody <laughs> i saw nothing i am nobody so carla jean and her mom are headed to el paso we see that they're being followed by somebody and when they get out at the bus stop, one of the men that was following her goes up and kind of helps her mom with her mm-hmm. luggage and starts talking to her very nicely. And like any mother that we love, <laughs> just, oh, yeah, honey, we're going to El Paso. You know, we got to get away and tells them exactly where they were going. I didn't see the point of adding that. It wasn't in the book and it really doesn't no. pay off later in the movie, I don't think. Right. The only thing I can think of is that. Shigur ends up finding them in El Paso or yeah. finding her in El Paso. Oh, later? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Oh. Because that's how, I, again, I don't know if Shigur was working with them because they end up finding them at the hotel in oh, El Paso. Oh, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's where he's meeting them. Right. Um. So now we see Carla Jean is actually calling the sheriff and is asking for help because at first she was like, no, we're fine. We don't need your help. And now she's like, uh, we might need your help. Shigur now steals another car or truck that had a lot of chickens in it. And he's like, can you get rid of those chickens? <laughs> and assuming that he probably killed that poor man and all those chickens. Oh, I t- <laughs> see. I, I, I see the good in Anton. I just assumed Clearly. they traded and he was just wiping down the chicken feathers that were like, you know, sure. plucked natural causes. Well, you will not- go with that. We will go with that and that they're not going to be in your Chipotle bowl, bowl later. Oh, God. First of all, I <laughs> eat steak. Thank you very much. Um, and second of all, I didn't see any blood, though, in the bed. It was just feathers. Do chickens not bleed? I don't know. We should ask our chicken friend. Chicken definitely bleeds. I have a chicken on my shirt right now. Hey. 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 <laughs> Anyways. So- I'm sorry. This episode is taking <laughs> no, turns. It's fine. <laughs> um, so we see... Llewellyn at this hotel where they're supposed to be meeting in El Paso and he's walking past the pool and there's this woman sitting, you know, sunbathing, mm-hmm, enjoying mm-hmm. her time. She has some beer and she actually kind of hits on Llewellyn yeah. and is like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you want to come over here? I have some beer and hang out. And he's like, no, thanks. And he walks away. Yeah. 
So the reason I we bring that up is because in the book he actually um comes across a girl who's hitchhiking Mm -hmm. and she rides with him they actually like end up driving to el paso they have like a couple meals together he gives her a thousand dollars because she's trying to make it to california Mm -hmm. like all of that is completely taken out not sure why was it necessary no but i just thought it was interesting because like they made this scene in the movie such a quick scene because the next scene is like you know the the kerfuffle again um (laughs) but i don't know i don't know i thought like that would have been interesting to see i guess but i guess it doesn't really make a a difference i guess they didn't like it guess not (laughs) so now we see the sheriff in el paso who is helping sheriff bell at this point they're driving to the hotel and he hears gunshots and then he hear sees a bunch of men driving off really quickly he gets to the hotel and we see that Llewellyn is dead, which I thought was like this whole thing is about Llewellyn and the money and da 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 da, and like we don't even get this like the this scene big where shootout. He dies. We don't even get to see him die. <laughs> I know. Like I was very kind of let down by. He was it the all. one in the pool, right? Like no, face he was down a, in the pool. No, he was in the he was in the hotel room. Oh, he was at like the base of the hotel. Who was the guy in the? In the I pool? have no idea. Or was it the lady in the pool? Maybe it was the lady in the pool. <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. Um. But anyways. Carla Jean and her loose lip mom show up and they're all upset and they say, you know, the money wasn't in the room either. The sheriff goes back to the hotel room and he can see that the lock has been blown out. And I'm like, no, Sheriff Bell, don't go, don't go in there. And you actually see Shigor in there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In the book, he's actually in his car. Yeah. So he like, he goes in, he comes out and as he's about to drive away, he notices Bell walking up and mm-hmm. he's like, oh crap. And he just kind of waits it out essentially yeah. because Bell goes in, doesn't like necessarily, you know, nothing happens. And then he comes out and he gets some of the other deputies to like check mm-hmm. every car because he does have a feeling that Shigur is there, yeah. but they don't find anything. Yeah. So in the movie, he's just kind of in the room and Shigur's in there somewhere hiding yeah. and he just kind of sits on the, on the bed. And then he sees the vent was taken out and like the, the coins mm-hmm. with it. So we're assuming that Anton got the money. Yeah. It's much more clear in the book yeah. that Anton got the In the, the movie, money. you're like, I maybe he did, or was it pushed back all the way <laughs> again? And he didn't get it. I don't know. So, anyways, the sheriff goes to see his uncle, brother. Hard to say. Couldn't really say. It wasn't his dad. I knew that for sure. Definitely not his dad. Um, and all of his cats. Um, <laughs> and he tells him that he's gonna be he's quitting being a sheriff because he's over it. He feels very um overmatched by what's happening, which I can see, like, I, th- I feel like a lot of people in any sort of industry, sometimes, like, things are getting out of hand or moving too quickly, and you're yeah. just like, I can't evolve with all of this. Yeah. And I don't blame this guy either. He's like, this is over my pay grade. Right. You know? Actually, not to backtrack, but I have it in my notes. Anton definitely grabs the money because he actually takes it to the man that it was owed to. Oh. We get that in the book, that he actually, like, delivers the money that he was supposed to deliver. Huh. Yeah. Why wouldn't we have gotten that I don't know because he even says like he apologizes to the guy who he delivers it to and yeah. says I'm sorry there's like some a, th- a few thousand dollars missing and that's the reason he goes yeah and finds Carla Jean in the book. Yeah. Why wouldn't we have gotten that in the movie? Anyways. Anyways. Um he yeah so he says he's retiring. Um he tells a story about their cousin, you know, dying in the line of duty. It's kind of a weird unnecessary yeah unnecessary scene we now see carla jean is 
just got home from her mom slash grandma's funeral because she had finally died of cancer. And when she gets home, Shigur is there looking for the money. Mm-hmm. And he was like, where's my money? And she's like, I don't, I don't have money. But yeah. I think in the book, it, she talks about like something about like, I'm not, I, I think it was like an inner thought of like, yeah, I had spent the money or I have the money, but I'm not no, going to tell him. She, well, and she even blatantly says, like, he left me some. I already spent it. Yeah. Plus, I have a bunch of bills that clearly I don't have the money for either. Right. So what do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, he's sitting there in her room and he tells her, you know, you call it. I'm going to flip a coin. And she says she won't call it. And we're led to believe that he ends up shooting her and he just walks out the door. In so. the book, she actually calls the coin. She calls heads and it ends up being tails. Why wouldn't they do that in the movie? I, oh, it's not? so much more like interesting uh, because, I mean, because you don't know for sure if he killed yeah, her or not I in guess. the movie. So anyways, he's driving away from Carla Jean's. He ends up getting T-boned by a car. He gets out. His freaking arm is like compound fractured bones sticking out. It's so <laughs> gross. And these kids like come to check on him. They give him a shirt and he's like, hey, here's a hundred bucks if you like tell the cops that I was never here. Yeah. And he just walks off. They're like, hey, mister. Yep. <laughs> um, and the movie ends. Um, the sheriff talking to his wife um about having a dream about his dad. I really wish the book would have ended right there. But it yeah. doesn't. But it doesn't. Um, Bell actually continues looking for Anton. Mm-hmm. He actually ends up finding the two kids and interviewing them to mm-hmm. like find out what happened when he got T-boned. One of them says nothing. Probably the one that he paid the money to. Yeah. The other one tells him everything. Everything he basically knows. Um, he eventually goes to see, I think, Moss's dad and kind mm-hmm. of explains like what happened and all this stuff. And then there's also a scenario where a state trooper gets murdered and somehow it's pinned on this other guy who basically yeah. takes the fall for it. But the whole time bell knows that it's Anton who, yeah. who killed the state trooper. And that's basically kind of how the book ends. But I'm like, why wouldn't you have just like ended it where the movie ends? Right. That's all you really need to know. You don't right. need like nothing additional happens. It's not like right. bell eventually finds Anton. Yeah. It's just weird. Bizarre. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so can you say that the movie stay true to the book? Yes. You yeah. Can say that. I mean, Especially if it was written for a screenplay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> um, are you going book or movie? Movie. Yeah. 1000%. Yeah. I think, I, and I don't know, may, maybe if I would have like listened and, and read it the whole way through, it would have been a little bit closer, but I got so confused at the mm-hmm. back half of this book. What did I tell you? You've got to read along. Look, I either could have not even listened to it <laughs> okay that's not an option i know so i try i did my best all right that's fair enough yeah movie for sure i mean uh javier sell, sells this whole mm-hmm. movie for me um the book like i mentioned i didn't like the simplistic aspect of it i get now mm-hmm. that you know it was meant to be a screenplay but the no quotations the lack of like right. real substance if i'm being mm-hmm. totally honest um so like it, it, kudos to the cast for making the movie what it yeah. was based off of what they had to work yeah, with. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah i'm going movie as well 
All right. Well, is that our second one in a row where we both wow. picked a movie? Wow. It hasn't happened in a wow, while. Wow, wow, wow. Um, all right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Movie Girls. You can also email us at themoviegirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash The Movie Girls to get access to all of our bonus content. What are we doing next week? We are doing The Fault in Our Stars. Yes. (laughs) I couldn't remember what we were doing next. I love that. You're like looking at me like, am I in the right direction? Am I going in the right direction? Yes. Um, I have not read or watched this movie. Guess who's in it? Ugh, Shailene Woodley. That's why I've never seen it. Ugh. I actually had to keep, I've been consistently trying to remind myself if I've seen this movie or not. I don't think I have. Is this the one where she cuts her hair too? I think so, yeah. Ugh. I don't know why I always equate this movie to um, uh, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm. And I know I've seen that one multiple I, times, and we've covered that. Yeah, but I like that one. I can't remember if I've actually seen The Fault in Our Stars. I really or loved um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. The movie or the book? The book. Mm. I really liked it. Interesting. The book was okay for me. Anyway, The Fault in Our Stars, um, starring Shailene Woodley, Hannah's favorite uh, actress. Um, And that will be next week's episode. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. (laughs)